Father and our God, even as we rejoice in this place today for the salvation you have brought to us by defeating death, by defeating the enemy that wanted the downfall of man, may the salvation you brought to us live forever in our lives in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Is Jesus resurrected in you? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We just proclaimed that Jesus is alive. We just proclaimed that Jesus is alive. When we say that somebody is alive, that means that the person is not dead. And when somebody is not dead, he should be doing what those who are alive do what? Do. I want to believe again that there is a, a difference between Jesus is risen and hallelujah, Jesus is risen. There are two different things. I will explain. Hallelujah! Christ is risen! Praise the Lord. Christ is risen could be a saying in a discussion. I will come to this guy and say, Brother, Christ is risen. You know, quietly he will, in his mind, is what this man is saying true or false? That could happen. But when I walk majestically and come to him and say, Hallelujah, Christ is risen. That means that I am stating the fact. And I am happy. And I am shouting for joy. That I am stating the facts. Do you understand where I am going to? So, when we say, Hallelujah, Christ is risen. We are stating the facts. And when you reply, He is risen indeed. You are also affirming to what I said. So, if there is anybody in doubt in this church today that Christ is risen, with this brief introduction, understand that you are making a mistake. Praise the Lord. Permit me to take a trip to Mark, the Gospel according to Mark, verse 16. I just want to take Mark's account, take a little of it, and affirm what we read in the account of John in our gospel reading. It says, and when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. 
And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulchre at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulchre? And when they looked, and when they looked, these people were worried. They are going to anoint the body of Jesus. Three women. They came out in the morning. They were going to anoint the body of Jesus. And they were worried. Who is going to roll away the stone at the door of the sepulchre? So, in their heart of hearts, they were disturbed. Worried to a point that they continued. Well, let's get there first. But when they got there, they looked. They looked. And somebody who is looking always looks ahead. I don't know whether you look behind. I know that somebody who looks always looks ahead. In your worries, do you look ahead? In whatever that this is disturbing you, do you are you always positive? Because looking and looking forward and looking ahead is a positive, it's a sign of positive thinking. So they were positive. That, that was why they looked. Otherwise they should have turned back. Ah, this stone is too big. Nobody is here to roll it out away from, for us. There's no man with us. So let us go back. But they looked. And when they looked, they saw that the stone was a ro- was rolled away. <sighs> Amen. When you look forward, your problems will be rolled away. When you look forward, anything that is disturbing you will be rolled away. In the name of Jesus. They said, for it was very great. It does not matter the size of your problem. Just look forward. It will be rolled away. And entering into the sepulchre, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. And he said unto them, Be not affrighted, You seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. Hallelujah. He is risen. I took time to take this passage here because in the other account of John, who they saw did not tell them that Christ is risen. But the man they saw here in the account of Mark said, He is risen. That means, do not seek the living among the dead. Praise the Lord. And because he is risen, that is why we shout today, Hallelujah, Christ is risen. That phrase is a celebrated slogan for believers of every age. 
So, I want to believe that you who is here today, who shouted that slogan with me, you are a believer. And you will continue to shout that slogan all the days of your life. Praise the Lord. That slogan represents what we come to celebrate today, which is called Easter. Because if Christ was not risen, there wouldn't have been any need for me and you to be here today. I don't think uh, it would have happened. But because we believe, and because it is a fact that he rose, that is why we are here today. And we have come even to affirm it again that Christ is risen. But one question I want you to take home today is how deep or how deeply does that resurrection impact on you? How deeply does it impact on you? You know, when we were small, stories we are told of so many things that happened, we looked at them as stories, like folk tales. Like we know that uh, when you talk about the tortoise and the wife, Mbenale, you will always know that it is a folk tale. Because some of those things were fabricated. They never happened. So, I don't know whether you are here today. You think what we are telling is a folk tale. I don't know. But I want you to believe that it is not. It is real. And it happened. So, as we go on, reflect within you. Reflect inside you. This thing they are saying, what actually it is? How does it affect me? How does it impact on me? Praise the Lord. I want us to look at that slogan again. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Hallelujah, he is risen. Hallelujah. It's a shout of joy. You cannot just say hallelujah and then you say hallelujah. No. It doesn't make sense. It's a shout of joy. It's a song of joy. Check all the places it is in the Bible. It's always an attribute to somebody who is extremely happy that something positive happened in his life. And he shouted, Hallelujah! When we are in the church, we don't just say, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. If you are saying that in your church, it means it is a dead church. But when you want to say that, you say, Hallelujah, praise the Lord! That is a shout of joy. I am happy because I want to praise God. It represents shout of 
joy. Then he is risen. He represents the person of resurrection. The person of resurrection. Who is the person of resurrection? In the Bible, we know that so many people resurrected from death, true or false. True or false. If you are not aware, I know that there was a son of a widow, Elijah raised from dead. Am I right? I am also aware that Elisha, walking in the clothes of his master, also resurrected the son of a woman from dead. I am also aware again that when Elisha died, a man, some years after Elisha died, I don't, I can't actually say how long, but I, I'm also aware that a man also died and was thrown into the tomb of Elisha, and he touched the bones of Elisha, and he rose from dead. I am also aware that. Jesus also rose some people from dead. So, here we are talking about he rose from dead or he is risen. Who is risen? Who is risen? We'll get there. Then let's look at risen. Reason represents the reality of resurrection and its many implications to our lives. Reason represents the reality of resurrection and many of its implications to our lives. Then, let's get back again to that person of resurrection. Having explained hallelujah, he is risen. Let's take is again. The person of resurrection. Why is this resurrection so important to us? Having enumerated all these other people that resurrected from the dead, why are we singling out this one? Why, why didn't we pick the one that, okay, let's say the one Elijah resurrected, hmm, by the side. The one Elisha resurrected by the side. We didn't pick them up. The one that could have been much more of interest again is the one that died and was thrown into the tomb of Elisha. And he touched the bone of Elisha and resurrected. Why didn't we pick that? Is it not a mirage to you that somebody died? After all, these days, I don't know if in your place, in your village, they bury in uh, the burial grounds. I know in my place, the burial ground is so full that when you want to bury in burial grounds, when you are digging, you will dig out bones of dead people that have already been buried there. What you do is you dig further and 
put that bone inside again, cover it before another person is buried there. Does it happen in your place? Cemetery church. Praise the Lord. So, why did this man, when they threw him in there, his body touched the bones of Elisha and he got up? Is it not a mirage? Won't you call it a miracle? So, why did we not pick on that? Rather, we, it was just recorded in the Bible. The other ones Jesus did were also recorded in the Bible. But this one now, we are taking special interest in it. Why? Because of that is. Because of the he that represents that is. Because of the Christ that represents that he and there is. Praise the Lord. Okay, because it is Christ. Who is he? Does it matter if he is the Christ? Who is he that we should take special cognizance of that? We take special cognizance of that because this Christ we are talking about This Christ is the son of the living God. Hallelujah. Because he is the son of the living God. He is the he that is in his nature in the Trinitarian order makes or is the second person or the second member of that order. I don't know whether you understand me. If you come to Nigeria now, if you die, it may not make so much meaning or it may not make so much waves. But if Osibanjo dies today, Especially dies in office. You know it's a state burial. After all, the one that just passed, Ekweme died. Ekweme was a past vice president. Past second in order. And uh, it made waves. So the one that is currently the vice president now, currently the second in order, if he dies, it is going to be a state burial and it will make waves. Praise the Lord. So this Christ we are talking about is the second in the Godhead. The Son of God. Divine Logos. The wisdom of God. The Word of God. The logic of God. If you go to Proverbs 8:22 to 30, you will discover what happened there. The Bible tells me there that he was in the beginning with God. He was in the beginning with God. John 1:1 1, 1, 
also tells me that he had a face-to-face relationship with God. He had a face-to-face relationship with God. A one-on-one relationship with God. John 17, 4, verse 5, and verse 22 through 25 says, He had a perfect relationship, a perfect fellowship, a perfect love, a perfect unity, and mutual glory with the Father. This is why we are celebrating him. As God's son, therefore, the resurrected Christ is no mere man. As God's son, therefore, the resurrected Christ is not a demigod. As God's son, therefore, he is not a ghost. You know, some people will say, ah, it was his ghost that was seen. He is not a ghost. And he is not an angel. As the Jehovah Witness people will say, they say Jesus is an angel. He's not an angel. He is no mere prophet, as the Muslims will claim. If you don't know, that's the primary problem we have with Muslims. They say Jesus is not the Son of God. Jesus is in Quran. But they say that Jesus is not the Son of God. He is a mere prophet like Muhammad. My own Jesus is not a mere prophet. He is not simply an enlightened man as the Eastern religion we claim. He is God of very God. Hallelujah. My Christ is God of very God. He is divine. He is the Davidic Son of God who was promised the throne of his father. A throne which he ascended through this resurrection we are talking about today. Acts chapter 2 verses 30 to 31. That is he that we are talking about today. That was just a brief description so that you will follow me to where I am going. It's a brief discussion. Description of who Christ is. Praise the Lord. Then, the fact of this resurrection. What is the fact of this resurrection? Why do we believe in this resurrection? Why didn't we believe that this resurrection is a historic fact? Why didn't we believe that it's a claim done by the disciples today? It is not. Because there were historic events. There were historic events. Those historic events is that the death of Christ and his resurrection was prophesied by Isaiah in Isaiah 53. That's number one. It was prophesied. Number two, it was said 
in so many quarters before it happened. Even Christ himself said it, that you destroyed this temple and I will rebuild it in three days. So even before it happened, it has been prophesied. It has been laid down as something that is going to happen. And we know that he came in order to defeat the enemy. Praise the Lord. Then, why, what is the significance of this resurrection? What is the significance of this resurrection? If we go to where we took our epistle in First Corinthians 15, verses 12 to 23. 15, 12 to 23. Questions were asked there. And the questions were also answered. I know of a story that was being told of a French philosophy, Albert, who once said, I would rather live my life as if there is a God and die to find out that there is no God. I have nothing to lose. But if I live my life as if that, that there was no God and die to find out that there is a God, what would be my fate? This leads us to the questions and answers that were in this chapter 15 of First Corinthians. Here the Apostle Paul reasons on the great truth from two different standpoints. One is a negative standpoint and the other is a positive standpoint. The negative standpoint is if Christ be not risen, then what? If Christ be not risen, then what? Verse 12 says, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? So some are still in doubt. Some are still in doubt. The negative side, if he is not risen, then what? And then the positive. But if Christ is risen, then what? Those are the questions we will look at now. Let's take the first one, the negative one. If Christ be not risen, then what? In verse, in John chapter 2 verse 19. Remember Christ said there, destroy this body and I will rise again in three days. I will raise it up. So, if Christ fell here, how could he 
How could he be the resurrected Christ? How could he be the resurrection and life as recorded in John 11.25? How could he be the resurrection and life? If Christ failed, if he did not resurrect, how could he claim that he is the resurrection and life? Acts 4.2 Acts 4.2 Number 2 Then the disciples were completely deceived if Christ did not resurrect. It means that the disciples were deceived. But did he resurrect? Were the disciples deceived? Did he resurrect? Were the disciples deceived? What happened? Number three. It means also that in verse 13 he says, But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. If and if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain and your faith also vain. That also means that as I am standing here, what I am preaching is vain. And you that is in church today, shouting hallelujah, he is risen. It also means that your coming here, your faith is vain. If he was not risen. Our experience, all the experiences we have had as Christians, they were all vain delusions. If not, we who believe in immortality have been living in fool's paradise. Because we believe as Christians that one day when we die, who will resurrect again to be with Christ. It means that we have been living in fool's paradise. The most interesting one is that if Christ be not risen, verse 19 says, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. That means that we are all miserable. Not just miserable offenders as we pray in our prayer, but we are completely miserable. So you're coming here. You are coming to waste your time. But one interesting thing is that me and you will believe that Christ is risen. And that leads us to the second part, which says, But now is Christ is risen. What next? Praise the Lord. Oh, 
joyful ring. What a joyful noise that we make. Then, our preaching is not in vain. Because he is risen, our preaching is not in vain. The great commission stands. All power is given to me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore. So I am not wasting my time here today. That is my joy. And you that is here, you are also not wasting your time. Matthew 28, 18-20 said, Lo, I, the risen one, I, the risen Christ, I who died and rose again, I am with you Always. If he did not rise, he cannot say, I am with you always. He may have been with you when he was alive. Then when he died, he was no more. But because he rose, he is with us always. He will not fail me, and he will not fail you. The gospel of the risen Christ is the power of God unto our salvation. It is the gospel of salvation unto every one of us. And then thirdly, our faith is not in vain. Our faith is not in vain. We sing the Nicene Creed, the Apostles' Creed, But I don't know whether it makes meaning to us. In those creeds, we think that he was born of Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate. He was crucified. He died. He was buried. And on the third day, what happened? He rose again. And he ascended. Unto the right hand of the Father. That is our faith. And whosoever believeth shall be saved and will not die. Even if, if he was dead, he will rise again. Hallelujah. Then we are not in our sins. We are no longer in our sins. Verse 17. 
And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. You are yet in your sins. But because he is risen, we are no longer in our sins. Because he came and took away our sins. His blood was used to wash us clean. So, we are no longer in our sins. He rose for our justification. That is why I just So that is why in his death he paid the price. His resurrection was the evidence that God had accepted the price he paid for our redemption. Now we who believe are accepted in him being raised together with him in the purpose of God. Another thing why we rejoice that he rose is because those who are falling asleep in Christ are not perished. When somebody dies in as much as we feel the grief we feel the pain but one thing that makes me happy when a saint dies is where it is written in the Bible, blessed are those who die now. <laughs> Most of the time, when I stop there, people will be looking at me. When I say, blessed are those who die now. So, do you want to die? But the interesting there is that it says, blessed are those who die now in Christ. So, if you die now in Christ, blessed are you. It does not matter the age. It does not matter the size. It does not matter who you are. But if you die now in Christ, blessed are you. Because those who fall asleep in Christ are not perished. But for those who fall asleep outside Christ, I am very sorry. Because you are gone already. In trying to round up, we will also remember that eventually, verse 19, it says, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But if Christ is risen, we are no longer miserable. Praise the Lord. We are no longer miserable. If we are no longer miserable, my dear fellow Christians, we should be the happiest people on earth. Just like the slogan of the full gospel, the happiest people on earth. I believe this is where that thing was picked from. Because if they were no longer miserable, of which I am not miserable any longer, and I know that you are not miserable any longer, 
then we should be the happiest people on earth. Our Lord Jesus died when he was buried. He fought a war and took the gates of hell away from Satan and Satan has no grip over death again. When he died, they knew he was going to rise. And that was why they carried soldiers and lined soldiers at the grave place. Sealed the sepulcher so that it does not matter the power of anybody, they cannot be able to break the sepulchre and take the corpse away. Apart from those who were watching over him, they also believe that he is dead and nothing will happen. He cannot get up again. But grave could not hold him captive. Christ, a believer, he rose from the dead. Yanandin Sayagachi, a he is going to reign with his sense. We are joyful, we are happy. He is going to reign again with his sense. Are you one of them? Are you one of them? If you believe, that he rose from the dead. If you believe that he's going to come again to rule. If you believe that the kingdom of God is his. And he's going to gather his sense again. You need to be one of them. If you're not sure. You are going to be one of the saints. If you're not sure. That Christ rose from the dead for you. If you're not sure that he carried your sins away. If you're not sure that he carried your, your sickness away. It's a time to call upon him now. And say, Lord, I know that you have taken my sins away. You have taken my sins away. Forgive me for not believing before. Now I realize that your death was for me. Now I realize that you resurrected for me. Father, have mercy upon me. Forgive me. Accept me. As one of yours. Confess all the sins. That you know. And ask the Holy Spirit of God. Who is the quickener. To remind you. Even those you cannot remember at this time. Let this Easter make a meaning to you. Let this Easter be a time you are receiving a present from the Lord. Let this Easter be a time of memorial 
that you will remember forever because it was a time for you to give your life to God. Call upon the Lord and he will answer you. Now, esetirim giyakam amagi Because Christ is risen, we have a living hope. We have a hope for today. We have a hope for tomorrow. We have a hope for the future. And now, our hope is not only for life, but also for eternity. We thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you because he purchased salvation. He purchased redemption. He became a ransom for us. And because of a day like this, Lord, we can stand secure. We can stand sure. Our faith is clear. Our faith is solid. Our preaching is powerful. And we are no longer in our sins. We thank you because Jesus is risen. And he has defeated death and all that have power over us in every form of bondage. Thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. Because Christ is risen, we have a hope not only for today and for the future, but that the plan you have made for us, thoughts of good and not of evil, to bring them to an accomplishment. The way he accomplished his mission. Lord, we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the hope of not only salvation, but of eternity. Thank you for the hope of our faith that is anchored in him. We give you praise in the name of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, Thank you, because by Jesus rising, the same spirit that dwells in him also dwells in us. And if that same spirit that dwells in him also dwells in us, he who raised him from the dead will also quicken our mortal bodies. Lord, may our mortal bodies, may our living in this present age be quickened and be made alive in the name of Jesus. May every aspect of us, spirits, body and mind, be made alive and renewed in the name of Jesus Christ. May every aspect of us, Lord, especially in body, be quickened and made whole in the name of Jesus Christ. By this same way, we receive our healing in the name of Jesus Christ. And if Jesus be raised from the dead, we also know that the same way the stone was rolled away, 
All the handwritings, all the burdens, all the afflictions, all the ordinances, all that are contrary, all that are a struggle to us, spirits, emotional, Lord, physical, material, Lord, today, by that same token, we pronounce that they are rolled away in the name of Jesus Christ. The both things that have troubled our hearts, the both things that have troubled our mind, because Jesus arose and took up victory and defeated death and defeated every of the cohorts of death, including our physical challenges as human beings. Lord, those burdens are also rolled away in the name of Jesus Christ. Old or young, male or female, we receive, Lord, a liberation, a deliverance, and a testimony of your risen life upon us today in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you. Be exalted. Be worshipped. Be lifted up and be glorified as we testify of the power of this risen life in us. And give you all glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.